Good morning, church family. Good to see you in church this morning. Come on and wave at me. Let me know you're awake this morning. Is anybody ready to worship the Lord? I said, is anybody ready to worship the Lord? I know we are. So join with us today. Let's lift him up. God, we exalt you. There's no one like you. You're worthy of our praise today, Lord. Arise, my soul.
worship God this morning. He's so good. Better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. Amen. Go ahead and look at your neighbor and say good morning as you take your seat. Say good morning. Say good morning to your other neighbor, your second choice. Y'all look good this morning. Y'all look so good. Uh, real briefly, I just want to say this. Aren't you thankful for a worship team that leads us to the presence of the Lord every single Sunday? Y'all give it up for this amazing worship team. With that being said, we want to remind you and inform you of something that uh, we have something available. It's 30 minutes of worship on YouTube. And because of that, if you uh, right now on the, on the screen, if you take out your phone, put it on the camera mode, and you can scan that QR code. Do not take a picture of it. Just hover your camera over it. You can scan that QR code, or if you're watching online, you can click the link on Facebook. And if you happen to miss it and you don't get a chance to do it right now, there are QR codes in the lobby for your uh, pleasure. But that's 30 minutes of worship with our team on YouTube. Just to start your day on a Monday before you get ready to go to work or Tuesday when you're coming home, we want to make that available to you. And if you're a first-time guest in the building, we just want to say welcome. Can we give it up for our first-time guests this morning? We're so glad that they're here watching online or in the room. And so if you're here, you're a first-time guest, you can text D1TEXT to 84576 or we want you to grab a connect card on the pew in front of you and we want you to fill that out because you can sign up for baptisms grow track or you can take your next step and host a life group how many of you are thankful for life groups you find community in life groups we we love life groups here we believe that the bigger we get as a church the smaller we want to feel because we want people to be connected to each other so please sign up for uh life groups also uh, with that being said, you can also follow us on social media, on any of our platforms. Just follow Do at, at Dothan1ST on any of our social media platforms, or you can do this as well. You can follow along with the message notes this today on the Uversion Bible app, and there's plenty of resources on there, Bible reading plans, words of encouragement, but today in particular, we want you to follow along with the message that Pastor Mark is going to deliver. It's going to be so good. Are you thankful to be in the house this morning? Awesome. Awesome. Uh, a few more things we want to keep you abreast to is that uh, we want to invite you to Wednesday nights and here we call them family nights because we love family and we have something for the entire family. We have Youth First going on with our youth students that's 6th through 12th grade, our girls ministry, our boys ministry. We love every part of what we offer but also our nursery is available if you have small children and last but not least for our men and our ladies we have brotherhood and sisterhood classes that you need to make yourself available to so you can continue to grow on Wednesday nights and this Wednesday in particular we're having a grill and hangout on the front porch and I know I know it's in the south we like to eat so uh, come hang out with us on the front porch this this Wednesday August 17th at 6 30 p.m. and the following week they'll be starting their new studies but this will just be a good way for you to connect but I want to tell you about these two studies the Brotherhood class will be going through a book called how God makes men and I don't know about you, but we need to know how to be godly men in this society that we currently live in. And for the ladies uh, in the room, you're going to be doing a Bible study or book study on Jesus and women. So these are going to be two resources to make you uh, help your walk in faith with Jesus. But not only that, we don't want you to miss this, but all the ladies in the house say, hey, just say hey to me real quick. Y'all said it real nice. I appreciate it. But uh, ladies, the Sisterhood Deeper Night of Worship will happen on August 25th. That's a Thursday at 6.30 p.m. We want to invite you to that. Pastor Michelle will be here. It's going to be a great time. So y'all please make it uh, write that down on your calendars. And also, if you can't tell, 
There are a lot of great things going on here at Dothan First. And I'm so thankful for this house. Lindsay and I, well, we get to partner with Pastors Mark and Pastor Michelle and the vision. But uh, tonight in particular, somebody say tonight. Tonight is our family event, our summer family event of the Lost City. And our kids' first team, Pastors Natalie and Josh, they're going to be leading us in an entire family event. That's for grandparents, parents, aunts, uncles, cousins. Bring everybody you can to be a part of this. There are going to be giveaways. There's going to be ice cream. I, I promise you, you don't want to miss this. So how many of you are thankful for this house? I say, how many of you are thankful for this house? There we go. If you're thankful that the Lord has blessed you, right now we're going to continue our worship and our time to give. On the screen, there are going to be five ways to give. And before we pray over this offering, I'm going to go ahead and ask you right now to get ready to stand back up on your feet. But before we pray, we want to make our elders available to you for prayer. And our elders are going to go to the back, the two bottom exits of the main, the main floor at this exit on this side, the exit on this side, and also in the balcony. Because here at Dothan First, we believe in prayer. Amen. And James chapter 5, verse 14 says this, Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you. So today we want you to be uh, available for that healing touch that, because we believe even right now God's moving. We believe right now that the Spirit is in this place and we want to make prayer and healing available to you. So as we get ready to pray over this offering and continue our worship, will you stand up on your feet? I'm going to pray and we're going to go right back into worship. Father, thank you so much for our family. Thank you for the people in this room. Thank you for the people watching online. Father, thank you for the faithful givers in this room. Father, we, we take our gifts to you right now as an act of worship. We ask that you bless us, bless this service. And for those of us that need a healing touch, let us realize that we can count on you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said it real loud, amen.
Jesus, we thank you that you have the final word. What you accomplished on the cross, not just the cross, but what came after the cross. That you defeated death and you rose from the grave, God. And you have given us eternal life that you demonstrated there, Lord. You've offered that to us. So we thank you so much, Lord, that the cross has the final word, that Jesus has the victory, and we love you and give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When you may be seated and turn your attention to the screen. Who is God? And can we truly know him? Over the last 2,000 years, we've tried to envision him, sometimes even to the point of contorting him to fit into our box. Because of our limited imagination, we can fail to grasp a limitless God, a God who is three distinct persons, but yet one, not only a Father, but a Son and a Holy Spirit. But can we truly know who God is? Can we relate to him and trust him the way a child trusts a father? As deep cries to deep, we all long to connect with our creator. Knowing who God is doesn't just depend on us. He has already made a way for us to know him. What if he can be known by his voice and his spirit and his word and his creation? God is beyond our imagination, yet he invites us to come to him, to know him, and to walk with him. This is how we truly come to know who God is. How many are thankful that God is accessible and he is available to all of us? Come on, can you just thank God for who he is and what he's done? Come on, we're so grateful to God for his accessibility. And uh, why don't you grab your copy of God's Word and if you don't have a Bible, just let us know. We'll gladly get you the Bible free of charge. And uh, just so honored to put the book of promises, God's word, into your hands. Uh, just let us know if you need that. And, of course, you can follow along in your smartphone. If you've got that, you can follow along with us in your notes. Uh, we'll have that available both on the screen and on the YouVersion app of the Bible. But can you say this with me? Say, I am what God's word says I am. I can do what God's word said I can do. And I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, and I'll obey God's word because I love his word. Now give your neighbor a compliment, the, you know, turn to your right or to your left and tell them something good about them. They look good, they smell nice. <laughs> you might wanna introduce yourself first you can turn to the person that you chose not to pick the first time around and go ahead and tell them something positive as well. I don't know, you look like you lost weight, you grew hair or something, I don't know. Whatever it is that floats your boat. Hey, can you take a moment, give it up for those watching online today. We love you and we pray that God blesses you through this time. And uh, if you're in the area, we would love to meet you personally. It's great to join online, but there is something different, something special when you show up in the house of God. There's something unique that happens when you're worshiping with other believers, and I encourage you to do that, and we'd be so honored to meet you. And again, for our first-time guests here in the building, 
such a joy and an honor to be able to connect with you. And right after service, as Pastor Will said, if you'll take a moment and just take that connect card in the seat pocket in front of you after you filled it out, would you bring that to the lobby on your way out today? There'll be two high top tables. Some of our leadership team will be there ready to greet you and give you a gift for hanging out with us today. So, but we're so honored to have you here today. And, um, you know, one of the things that's been really good uh, over the last week is I've noticed that the gas prices are shifting just ever so slightly. I guess they decided they've gouged us on vacation and now the kids are back in school so they can shift it just slightly. Um, But it's been pretty crazy, the the dramatic shift in gas prices, and all of us are kind of sick of the routine. I am just like you. You go up to the gas pump, you put in your credit card. Most of them now, uh, it grabs your card. You cannot even take it out until you put in your specialized PIN, which alerts Homeland Security, and then they take your children as collateral until they can verify, you know, that your card has enough money on it to pay for the gas or whatever it is. But My friend uh, years ago did something very stupid. He was trying to do something good. Listen, let's start here. He was trying to do something good, but it ended up being something stupid. How many ever done that, been there, done that? You started out good. You tried to do something good. You had great intentions. It just backfired on you. And my friend had used his dad's truck for a little while and, but he just did not put gas in it. He refused to put gas in it. He's like, well, my dad can fill it up, you know. But his dad had this conversation with him about taking responsibility and different things around the house as his son was getting a little bit older. And so he thought he would surprise his dad. And he went ahead and filled up that, that it was almost completely empty. And he filled up his dad's truck with gasoline, which sounds like a great thing. The problem was it was a diesel engine and he filled it up with regular gas. <laughs> and, and here's, of course, we all know, for those of us that know a little bit about that not being a good thing, that uh, you can go down, you can drive down the road for a little while and everything seems fine until <laughs> it all starts to break down. And you realize that you put, you tried your best to do the right thing, but you put in the wrong thing, you put in the wrong fuel, and it ended up backfiring on you. And it it ends up destroying that thing that you've invested in. Well, that's what a lot of us as believers have done. We started out so good. We love Jesus. We want to do the right thing. And so we start to do good things, which is great. And we start to uh, get into God's word, which is great. And we start to study the scriptures, which is great. And we start to pray, which is great. And we start to witness, which is great. All these things are foundational and biblical. But the problem is somewhere along the journey, it goes from a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, right? With God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and then the Holy Spirit. And instead of staying filled up, with his Holy Spirit, which, which is what the Bible says, to be filled and then refilled again, we end up leaning into the rituals and rules, and it turns into religion. And if that's you today, I want to help you. I want so badly to help you. 
And as we go back into this series, if you haven't followed along with us, you can uh, check out last week's message to just catch up to speed if you happen to have missed last week. But last week, we started talking about the presence and the power of God. Here it is, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19 was our verse from last week. It's our verse for this week. It's the primary verse throughout this theme. Ephesians chapter 3, 19, here it is. You can see it on the screens or you can follow along in your Bible or in your notes. May you experience, everybody say experience. Okay, so this is an experiential thing. This isn't just a set of rules handed down from on high. This is an experience with God. And it says, you may experience the rules of Christ. Is that what it says? No, it says, you may experience the love of Christ. Though it's too great to fully understand. And then, after that, then you'll be made complete with the fullness of life and power. Everybody say power. And the power that comes from God. So you got to experience God's love in order to get God's power. And it goes further in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. God commands us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And even that word filled, there's this continual idea, this idea that there's a continuation of filling. It's like a, a filling and a refilling and a refilling and a refilling. Just like the fuel tank in your car needs gasoline to go somewhere, so too we need to be filled continually with the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to make it in this world. And the Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter one, verse eight, you'll receive power. Everybody say power. Now let's stop and ask this one question. I know the answer that is gonna be, all of you will probably raise your hand to this, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. How many would say, in our world today, the challenges we face, the trouble that we see, the issues, the crisis, the day-to-day -day routines we have, how many would say, you need a little bit of power? <laughs> to get through this. How many would say, I need God's power, not my own power, right? We've run on empty a few times and we know what that's like, running out of gas or trying to get to a fuel station and your tank is on empty and you hope you can get in just barely on fumes. And some of you today, you showed up just barely to church running on fumes. Maybe not in the gas tank out in your car, but emotionally or relationally or spiritually. You just feel overwhelmed with life's circumstances. But the Bible says there in Acts that you will receive power when? When what? When the Holy Spirit comes on you. Friends, I've learned a lot in my spiritual journey about this very fact that if I don't have God's power, it's probably because, because I'm lacking in taking time in God's presence. You gotta have his presence in order to capture his power. And what I said last week in terms of the, uh, God's power and God's presence is that we often make it more difficult than we should. And I used a term that I wanna bring clarity to. It was the word deconstruct or deconstruction, and it's a literary term. And here's what it actually means according to Webster's Dictionary and so many other dictionaries. It's this, deconstruction is the pursuing of the true significance of a text through closer examination. Here's the synonyms uh, to give you a, a better understanding. It says, to investigate and analyze, to study and to decipher, to inspect in order to interpret. And Jesus used this with the Pharisees and with his disciples and in his teaching all the time. 
What he was doing was he was helping people understand that all the laws of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, there was no way we could keep every one of them because if you are guilty of breaking one of them, it's like you're guilty of breaking all of them. And so he would say things like this, you've heard it said, and then he would give some of these Old Testament commands, and then he'd say, "Uh, but I say unto you, and then he would give the true meaning. He would help them understand so that they could have application or feet to their faith. He wanted to help them to live this thing out. And ultimately what he was teaching was he was the way. He was the truth. He was the life that no one could come to the Father God except through Jesus Christ. But people recently have ascribed this deconstruction meaning with a new, and I'll call it a dangerous and a demonic meaning. And it means this, according to this newly adopted false teaching, is to deny the authority of Scripture so that they could depart from their faith. And oftentimes, I'll say it like this, this is the way it it gets used in the demonic, is that godly Christians, well-meaning Christians, get hurt in church right? Because there are imperfect people in church, just like we, we serve a perfect God, but we're imperfect people, and we're practicing love. We're practicing our faith. And so people say, well, there's just hypocrites in the church. Well, there's hypocrites in the entire world because we are all hypocritical in some way, shape, or form at some time or another. Isn't that true? Matter of fact, we set out to do good, and like the Apostle Paul said, we fall so far short and we don't, we don't mean to, or we, we shouldn't mean to. We should uh, be righteous in all things. We should use God's authority and his scripture as our standard. And all of us, the Bible says, fall short of that standard. We fall short of the glory of God. But they're, they're, what's happening is that well-meaning, uh, I would say Christians, well-meaning Christians, they start out that way. But then they get hurt in church, and what happens is out of their pain, they're looking for answers, and people are just waiting to uh, derail their faith with a new theology, and it becomes a demonic theology. I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute, but this false teaching denies the authority of Scripture. My intention, of course, is not to use that word uh, to, to bring false teaching, as a matter of fact, It's quite the opposite. My intention is to deconstruct some of the religious aspects of what we're doing to go back to the root of the heart of worship. Like it said in Revelation chapter 2, that the, the church of Ephesus, may you return to God and to your first love and to fall back in love with Jesus Christ all over again. 1 John chapter 5 says it like this in verse 20, we live in fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. This is a picture of relationship, that we live in fellowship. And it's not just that we we live in fellowship on Sunday mornings or on Wednesday nights. No, daily we live in fellowship with the one true God because we live in fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. He's the one true God and he is eternal life and we will not back down from the, stri- the scripture or the truth of the scripture. 
We don't bend or bow to societal whims if they choose to, to make a new definition out of a term that's been used for thousands of years throughout history and somebody just snaps their fingers and says, I want to use a new term and meet, give, it, give it new meaning. But we do need to be aware. And here's what it says in 2 John uh, chapter 1, verse 7. It says, many deceivers, everybody say deceivers, Many deceivers have gone out into the world to deny Jesus Christ. And it goes further to say to deny the authority of Jesus Christ or even the humanity and the deity of Jesus Christ. But it says this in 2 John chapter 1, verse 9. It says, anyone who wanders away from this teaching, here it is, such a sad reality, has no relationship. Everybody say relationship. No relationship with God, but anyone who remains in the teaching of Christ has a relationship with both the Father and the Son. So in the deconstruction, now I want to bring you to the reconstruction that I left you with last week, which is the process of rebuilding and repairing and restoring a healthy relationship with God. And here's the thing that I talked about is when I ask people that feel like they're running on empty, I've asked this question, well, what do you think needs to happen? And invariably, they come back with a list of do's and don'ts. Well, if I, if I just, you know, got up an hour, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know, pastor, what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to get up earlier so that I can read more scripture, so that I can, uh, you know, pray more often, so that I can write out more scripture verses, so that I can memorize more scriptures, and I, I can do all this, and I can do all this, and I can do all this, and if I do, 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 do all these duties, then finally I'll feel close to God. And strangely enough, what I found is that those who have tried it don't feel any closer than they did when they started. And I'm not saying, please don't misunderstand me. Listen, when you get close to the Word of God, the Word of God, this Holy Bible, the Scriptures, when you get connected to His Holy Word, it does infuse you with life and it does not return void. But if you're reading and you're reading so fast just to get through your checklist, come on somebody, I know none of you Christians have ever done this before where you read a scripture uh, or a chapter and you got done with it and you're, you put your little check mark next to, I read today, I was a good boy, <laughs> I read today, and you don't even know what you just read. It didn't get into your spirit. It didn't get into your life. It didn't get into your heart. It didn't get into application. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit because what the Holy Spirit does is he teaches us what's in this book and makes it relevant and applicable to our daily lives. The problem is we get hung up on so much stuff that we're supposed to do, and then we get frustrated because we can't seem to do it all, and then we go into failure mode. How many know the Bible says it's by grace that you've been saved, not by works so that no one can boast? Does that mean that you shouldn't do good works? Of course not. When you become a Christian, you should be doing good works, but it ought to be out of the overflow of what God's doing in your life. Are you following what I'm saying? It's similar to what I used, uh, the analogy of a couple that they've fallen, and I don't want to say out of love with each other, but the feelings of love toward each other. And they try to get back in sync with each other 
by duty, by this is what I'm going to do, and I do this for you, and I do that. And usually their arguments center around uh, this 50-50 relationship of who's giving this 50%, who's giving 51%, and who's giving 49%, right? And there's this struggle, there's this argument, well, I did this, and I did that, and you didn't do this, and you didn't do that, and all of a sudden this duty begins to rob them of intimacy. Are you following what I'm saying? relationally they're falling out of sync and the way they think they're going to get back into sync relationally is by doing a bunch of stuff and all the while it's not out of the overflow like it was when they were dating right when it was dating it was easy because they were trying because they were so in love it was like the overflow came they wanted to do x y and z they wanted to be selfless and, and the Bible talks about love, agape love, true love being selfless in its nature. That, matter of fact, it, it, marriage has never been 50-50, ever. It's always been 100%, 100%. All you, nothing for me. And out of the overflow, what happens is when you serve and outserve and outlove your mate, it comes back a hundredfold. But it comes out of selflessness. The Bible says uh, that God's commands are not burdensome. It goes so far, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when you think of your own spiritual life, are you thinking my yoke is light or are you thinking I gotta hurry up and do more? Because if, you, if, if when you think of your spiritual life, all you're thinking about is how much more you've gotta carry, how many understand you may be carrying some things that you shouldn't be carrying? As a matter of fact, if, if, if in your devotional life, all you can think of is I gotta do more, I gotta do more, I gotta make sure I get my checklist done, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta make sure that this gets accomplished, and it's never enough, it's not enough. If you're always thinking it's not enough, hurry up, drop down, and give me 20 Bible verses. <laughs> if that's constantly the way you think, the problem is you've jumped on a religious treadmill and you're not really going any, anywhere. You're, you're running, but there's no momentum. You're not going anywhere. And it's never enough. And the problem is you've moved into a performance-based Christianity that is not biblical. A performance-based faith, just like the Pharisees, you, you end up in spiritual failure. And here's what happens. There's this downward spiral, I've noticed, that performance ends up leading to rituals. And then rituals end up leading to checklists. And checklists end up leading eventually to failure because you can't always do it. And then failure leads to guilt, and guilt leads to withdrawal, and withdrawal ends up leading to disconnect, where it's like, I give up, I can't do it. And that's why Jesus showed up in the first place. He looked at the Pharisees and said, you're trying to do it, but you're falling short. You cannot do it. Only through me, Jesus says, can you get there? It's an invitation, friends, to, Jesus' invitation was relational. Come follow me, come be with me. I want to help you deepen your devotion to the Lord. I don't want it to be formalized and forced and franchised and because you're trying to impress God. I want you connecting, truly connecting to your creator. And the only way I know how to do that is to get you into his presence where you're truly transformed. God loves you, friends. He adores you. He so wants to spend time with you. And when you just quickly rush through a scripture or two and give some quick one-sided conversation, 
It's just never enough. And that's why we intended to have a worship set that you could listen to. Now, I want to tell you what I did this week. I I listened every day. Uh, I may have missed a day, and I didn't put a checklist down. Follow this. I didn't give you that to do a checklist. But every morning I woke up, and the first thing I did was I turned on worship, and I just let that worship get into my spirit. And yes, I did my devotions. Yes, I, uh, I read my Bible. Yes, I studied the Word. Yes, I prayed. I did some of the same things that I would normally do, but I just wanted to make sure that worship was infusing me, that I wasn't trying to perform for God, but I was letting God's Spirit get connected to me so that I could understand better what I was reading, so that it would make sense, or more to the point, so that it would be an intimate relationship. God desires that. And here's what he says in John chapter 15, verse 15. I no longer call you servants. I now call you what? Friends. He calls me <laughs> little old me, right? Messed up me, balding me, me, a friend, <laughs> a friend. He called Abraham a friend of God. He says, I I want to build relationship out of faith. I want to build relationship with you, make a personal connection with you, and that you become a friend, that that love connection when it's faith relationship connects us somehow to God, and I'm trying to get you to shift your mindset to thinking about God being a friend. Now, listen, he's still the God of the universe. He's still the God that uh, made all the seas and uh, flung the stars into space and spoke the world into existence. He's still the God of judgment and the God of justice. And, but listen, friends, he's also the God of mercy and the God of love that wants to have a relationship with you. Friends, can I just tell you, one day I'm gonna die and I'm gonna stand before the judge, which is God himself. And when I get there, I'm not gonna be listing out all the nice things that I did, I read my Bible this many days and I I read three chapters a day and I made it through this many times the year, uh, a Bible in one year. No, I'm gonna be in the presence of, of my friend. This is the one that I've spent all my life worshiping. Are you kidding? When I get before him, I'm gonna be like, the, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'm gonna be present with him, rejoicing, Man, this is going to be a celebration. This white boy is going to be dancing like you've never seen in the presence of God. Come on. This is, I get to be with my friend. Finally, I get to be with my friend. We often talk about, uh, in the, specifically in the New Testament, Jesus uh, uses this analogy of the bride and the groom. That marriage was just a picture of heaven and that uh, the bride and the groom would come together and make vows and they would covenant together and then they would live in harmony with one another. And the idea there symbolically was that we are the bride of Christ and we're waiting on the groom to come back, that he's preparing a place for us in heaven, each of us individually creating a place for us, building a house for us, if you will, symbolically. And in that building of that house, that structure, that whatever that celestial glorious thing is going to look like, that mansion in heaven, the streets of gold, or however you see it scripturally, can I just tell you he's doing it individually and individualistically because he loves you so much. Now, 
I've done premarriage counseling with some couples uh, throughout the years before I marry them. That's one of the things that I require. And can you imagine if, I, if the couple came to me and they said, you know, we love each other. We're ready to get married. We're so excited about it. But we just got a few issues. We got some communication issues, which is pretty common. We got some communication issues that we're dealing with. And, and I say to them, look, I got an answer for you. This is going to be awesome. You ready for this? Okay, here's what you should do. Not together, but separately. What I'd like for you to do is I want you to, uh, you know, I'll just, let's just say that his name is John. Huh? John, here's what I want you to do, buddy. If you really love this girl, you know what I want you to do? I want you to wake up an hour early every morning, and I want you to begin to have, I, I want you to, to call her on the phone, because you're not married yet, so you're not, follow my train of thought. Okay, so you call her on the phone, you wake up, you call her on the phone, and you have a one-sided conversation. I don't want you to spend any time getting to know her. What I want you to do is say everything that you want. Okay, I want this and I want this out of marriage and I want this out of marriage and I want this out of marriage and I want this. So when you get married to me, this is what I want. I want this and I want that. And I want you to spend about 15 minutes jabber jawing without letting her get in a word edgewise. And then I want you to hang up the phone because you're going to feel so close to her. I promise. Watch what you're going to do. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to take another 15 minutes and I want you to read her medical history every day. I want to make sure that you really know her. I want you to get her doctor's reports and I want to re you to read her medical history to make sure to follow along to see. And I want you to memorize your social security number because that's really important. So you take time to memorize that social security number and then any self phone numbers that she has in her phone about other people that she's connected to, I want you to memorize those too. And I'm telling you, you're going to, oh, you're going to feel so close to her. You're going to get so connected to her. This is going to be awesome. How many of you think this is a recipe for failure in this relationship? Why? Because there's not mutual connection of love and trust and vulnerability and two-way communication. How many understand this is often what happens in our spiritual walk? We're trying to become disciplined believers, but we end up just going through the motions. And it puts a strain on our relationship. Now, don't hear me wrong. Love demands routines and sacrifice. And I promise you, I go over that in premarriage counseling, faux show. <laughs> it just does. Some days you wake up, you know, you're like, you're like, who did I marry? What? I got kids that I got to take care of. What's going on with my life? And that's where you choose to love. You choose to serve. You choose to sacrifice, right? It does, there are moments where it does demand a routine. There are days where you wake up and you don't feel love, but you respond in love anyway. How many of you know married couples in the room? How many know what I'm talking about? Some day, I know the two people raised your hands. God bless you for being so honest. The rest of you, you do know where liars go, okay? I'm just saying, think about this for a moment. How many of you married couples in the room? You've had to take out the trash, and it's not fun, and that's a routine. But you do it, and sometimes you don't feel so loving when you do it. You say, come on, take out the trash. If you have an animal, a doggy in particular, somebody has to go out into the backyard eventually and clean up all those little landmines that your doggy is leaving in the grass for you. 
Come on, and that is a routine. And so there are things that you should be doing, but be careful that obligation and duty doesn't begin to rob you of intimacy. See, great habits do produce good results, but over time, if you forget the why behind the what, you then get unmotivated and you start doing things out of routine. What's another word for routine? If, if I said, hey, I go to the gym every single day, you would say of me, he goes to the gym religiously. Because religion is a set of rules to follow. Are you, are you hearing this? Are you seeing this? Is it bad to go to the gym, Pastor Mark? No, you should be going to the gym. But understand this, if you forget the why behind the what, you'll, you'll just as quickly keep on driving past Crunch and go to Krispy Kreme, right? Because you're unmotivated. You forgot why. Oh, that's right. I'm getting a little chubby and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little weak and my doctor said I got to get my heart rate down and my blood pressure down and oh, that's right. I want to be around for my children's like graduation and wedding and stuff like that. Come on. <laughs> so we got to get some decent amens out of that one. I like that. That's good. So if you say you feel distanced from God, I want to encourage you to get back to the heart of worship. As I said before, in the book of Revelation, we're the book of Ephesus. Here's what, here's what the, the Lord said to a church. He said, do what you did at first. He said, you lost your first love. You just started doing things out of obligation and you lost your first love. And so what's happening to you is that even though you're trying to do good things, you're missing God moments. And so he says to the church of Ephesus, hey, go back to what you did at first. Remember when you were in love with me? Remember when you served me not out of obligation and out of duty, but because there was a connection of love? Remember that? He says, do what you did at first. Like we talk about in dating, let it be out of the overflow of your love. Friends, even the disciples had to get, the ones that walked and talked with Jesus, they had to get filled and refilled and refilled. And worship team, if you come as we close out. One of the things that I have done year after year with my wife is on Sundays, uh, uh, with, we've learned that there are certain ways to communicate because we realize that Sunday mornings, there's always going to be like a fight, not fight between us, but a fight to release messages or to get the scriptures out or to, to do the work of the ministry. So I, I say that to tell all of you, when you are doing some kind of ministry, understand you're getting a little closer to the front lines. Listen to me. It gets noisier at the front lines. It gets a little scarier at the front lines, but you need to know God protects you. He keeps you safe. You need to then remind yourself, hey, I'm getting closer to the front lines. I'm serving. Let me not serve out of duty and religion, but help me remember the reason, the cause of Christ. And so on Sunday mornings, we're more aware of that. As a matter of fact, uh, we even try to go uh, above and beyond. My wife, uh, she takes time to pray over me and pray for me on Sunday mornings leads a time of prayer oh that blesses me because I know I can release the word of God more significantly when I know I'm covered in that way just like I pray over her now friends 
I can tell you the times that I've made major mishaps uh, when it comes to buying my wife gifts. Okay, let me tell you this. Christmas and birthdays and anniversaries, I had historically tried to buy outfits for my wife. Why are you ladies laughing before I even get into this story? This hurts my feelings so bad when you start laughing like that. Not really. You already know where I'm going. Well, here's what I found. I don't know anything about fashion. Nothing. Zip. Less than nothing about fashion. Okay. So let's just, let's just lay the groundwork here. But I definitely don't know about women's fashion. Okay. I just have, I have no clue. Okay. So, but I would try. I, I did my best and I would buy an outfit. Well, here's the problem. I, I, because I didn't know style, then I, I realized we'd get it home and she'd be like, oh, that's so nice. That's so, and she'd be very sweet about it, but then it would disappear out of her closet like within a week. And I'm like, where did that thing go? I thought I just bought that for her. I thought she was going to wear it. And sure enough, it went back to the store that I bought it from. I was like, well, what's the deal? Well, I realized that she helped me understand I don't know much about style. So she said, well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I said, I'm going to not stop. I'm not going to stop buying outfits for her. I'm just going to walk up to any store and I'm going to see what's on the mannequin. And whatever the mannequin out front is wearing, I literally would have them disrobe that mannequin there in the store, take it off of that mannequin so that I could buy it. Because I'm like, surely somebody put that outfit together. It must look good to somebody. So that's what I'm going to buy for her. And listen, now it wasn't about the style. It wasn't even about my heart. Listen, I didn't even check the sizing. She puts it on, it's like a tent. It's draped over her because the mannequin was bigger than she was. And so I didn't know what I'm doing. And so I get, how many of you have tried on some things and it just didn't fit right? May it look nice on a mannequin, but it just didn't fit right. Some of you are trying to do that when we think of good, godly, spiritual Christians. Good, godly, spiritual Christians, they get up at least an hour, maybe two hours earlier than they normally would. And they just say, good morning, Lord. <laughs> and they jump right into reading the Bible. And if you're a really good Christian and you want to be like Billy Graham, then you'll do that. And, and you try that thing on and you're not a morning person at all. You wake up and you're like, good God, it is morning. I Don't even talk to me until I have a couple of cups of coffee. I don't even like anybody in this world. The ones that are laughing the hardest are, are the ones that are most responsible for that. But there are morning people and there are night people. And the night owls, they feel so guilty when they don't do the early wake up early moment. I'm not saying don't spend time with God. Find your time throughout the day. Every day, make moments with God. I'm not talking about neglecting Him. I'm talking about spending quality time. Have you ever spent quantity time with somebody, but not quality time with them? Everybody that has a cell phone around the table and everybody's texting somebody else and they're not even present in the moment, right? You spent quantity, but no quality time. You tried your best. You had a good heart. You wanted to do that. You showed up. Come on. It just didn't fit right. How many of you tried to read the Bible through in a year? Put up your hands. Come on. Everybody that's tried to read the Bible through in a year. Okay, I won't ask how many of you that just raised your hand have failed 
in that moment. Like January 1st, you start out, oh, I am crack-a-lacking, man. I am going so hard after this. I'm reading the book of Genesis. This is awesome storylines, creation. This is amazing. I've got all this down. You get into Exodus, you're like, oh, this is amazing. There's like plagues and all this stuff that's happening. This is awesome. By the time you get to Leviticus, come on, somebody. It's the fourth sacrifice on the fifth day on the sixth hill by the eighth priest. And you're like, my God, I'm becoming a vegetarian after this. I cannot make heads or tails of this. You're like, well, I guess I'll start over next year. And and listen, I'm not suggesting don't read the book of Leviticus. (laughs) Please don't miss that. There's a lot of really important stuff in Leviticus. But, But I get it sometimes. You start out, you read three chapters a day and you can get all the way through the Bible. And then, but you start with your three chapters and if, you're with, if you have your cell phone or whatever, it'll say you missed a day and now you're a day behind. Now you got to read six to catch up. Six chapters. And then it's nine and then it's 12 and then it's 15. And by the time you're, you look at all this, you are 14 days behind. And you're like, doggone. By the way, on the app, there is a way you can say start here. And literally, it'll put you right back on track, which is what I've done on occasion. (laughs) I'm just saying. Fall in love with Jesus. Friends, I'm not saying don't do routine. I'm saying don't forget who you fell in love with. Return church. Hear me when I say church of Ephesus return to your first love fall in love with Jesus all over again remember the one who made it possible for you to be a believer remember the sacrifice of Jesus remember his blood remember his death remember his resurrection remember his forgiveness remember his grace remember his mercy remember how much he gave you And then out of that overflow, then, then dig into the scriptures, then read his word, then pray, then worship. But don't ever forget that God wants a relationship with you. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, in this moment, we understand how good you've been. And in our reflection of your goodness, we ask for forgiveness when we've allowed ritual or tradition to intercept in an unhealthy way to break off relationship and start religion you came to give us life and that more abundantly so I pray you would help us to find those moments of connection help us Lord Jesus to follow you to have genuine, authentic connection with you. And bring us, Lord, from a, maybe a feeling of failure to a place of desire once again. If you just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed, there may be some in this room. You say, Mark, I need Jesus to come into my, not my life. I, I need to make him Lord and Savior of every single area. Maybe for some of you, this is your first time to make a decision for, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you've come into this place and you didn't know about the goodness of God, the love of God, the forgiveness of God. But you're here today and I want you to know, friend, this is my greatest invitation is to invite you into relationship 
with the only one who loves you and can set you free permanently. He loves you unconditionally. And whether you're here in this room or watching online, I need you to know, friend, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're trying to serve God and maybe you're doing your best, but you seem to fall short and you always feel like a failure. And friends, it's not about performance. It's about relationship. So if you're in this room and you'd say, Mark, I've known the Lord for a while, but I've allowed this thing to slip into autopilot mode then in a moment, I'm gonna give you an opportunity as well to refresh and rededicate your life to the Lord. Or maybe you've known about God for years, but you've just backslidden, you've gone away from God, and you you know that there's sin that's separating you from God. And if you were to die tonight, you wouldn't know where you'd go because you just feel like you're in limbo. You're hanging in the balance. Friend, don't let your life spiritually hang in the balance today. You can make a decision right now, today, I'm not here to embarrass you. It's not my heart to judge you. I just simply want to invite you into relationship or back into relationship with Jesus Christ. So if that's you, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to invite you right now to simply slip up your hand. And by raising up your hand, what you're saying is, I acknowledge, I want to be included in this prayer. I need to make sure that Jesus is my Lord in every area. Come on, right now, all over this place. Yes, God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. Anybody else? the balcony on the main floor I'm just kind of yes God bless you over here anybody else that's you today whether it's a first time yes ma'am God bless you if it's a first time decision or a rededication whatever it might be this is your moment right here right now while you still got breath in your lungs you got a moment with God anyone else God bless you you can put your hands down God sees those hands that were lifted matter of fact there may be And I feel like this, and I'm not trying to manipulate a moment, but I really feel like there's there's a a few others that God's just churning at your heart. So I'm just going to pause for another minute to give you an opportunity. And if that's you, would you just simply slip up your hand uh, and just acknowledge to the Lord, right? I I just, I need you, Lord. I, I need you. I need to rededicate. I need to move from ritual and religion into relationship. If that's you, anybody else? Before I close out, yes, God bless you. Yeah, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. About five, six hands now. Anybody else? Yes, God bless you. Seven, eight, God bless you. I just knew God was doing something and I wanted to be obedient. Again, I'm not trying to stir up anything that's not there, but this is between you and God. Anybody else? God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. Yeah. God bless you. You can put your hands down. I want to invite you into this prayer, those watching online and those here in the building. And this prayer is, it can sound, again, religious, right? But the reason I want you to repeat it out loud after me is because I want to lead you into or back into relationship. You can't have a relationship with somebody you don't talk to, and prayer is talking to God. So I want to lead you in that moment. I'd be honored to do that. I want us all to pray this prayer out loud, but especially you who lifted your hands. I want everybody to say this prayer. Would you say this with me online and in the room? Say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. 
I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you put your hands together and celebrate all over this house? Come on, stand up with us and let's worship the King together. Come on. But before I do, I want to give you a couple instructions. First of all, those that are first-time guests in the house, some of our leadership team will be waiting for you at the tabletops out in the foyer, ready to greet you and give you a gift for hanging out with us. All you got to do is just take that, con that connection card, bring it uh, to them, hand it off to them. That will let us know you're a first-time guest in the house. In a moment, I'm going to release you with a blessing, but I want you to know this. If you just made that decision for Christ, whether you raised up your hand or not, if you prayed the prayer, you meant business with God, He did something transformational. And I'm gonna invite you to do this. If you'll take out your smartphone, you can text D1WALK to the number 84576. And what we're gonna do is send an electronic link to a booklet called One to One to help you in your journey of faith. We want you to understand the commitment you've made and we want to help you in your journey of faith. Friends, it's a journey. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And we want to help you to remain strong in your faith and to understand biblically what you've done. Does that make sense? So that's why we do that. Also, it gives us an outlet for prayer, to just pray over those who've made a commitment to the Lord. So I encourage you to do that. Please let us know that you've made that decision uh, yours today. Also, friends, if you want to sign up for our Grow Track, we're about ready to release our Grow Track again. You can do that with the card that's in the seat pocket or texting D1 text to 84576. And uh, so just let us know. Go ahead and just leave that up on the screen for those who might need access to that. It'll help you to know how to get involved, to have a ministry. Some people don't even know. They've got spiritual gifts, so they've got a ministry inside of them. We want to help you find that and fulfill it in Jesus' name. Well, I'm going to release some of our leaders to head back to the tabletops as I release you with this blessing. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you live a life of love, love for God and love for others that you would be a blessing to your family, to your friends, to your coworkers, to this city. I bless you to be a blessing in Jesus' name, amen. 
Hey, don't forget, come out this evening, five o'clock, down in our Family Life Center. We'll meet you there for an all-family event. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna have an ice cream party. It's gonna be great. God bless you. You're dismissed.